a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. your continued support of our sponsors we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads click that amazon banner on pole mx to help us out and donate via patreon if it suits you and as always enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us Original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the downloads. Get it all on uh, RacerX Online. Subscribe to the magazine as well. And uh, we thank you folks for listening each and every week. Thanks to FlyRacing.com. Fly Racing, uh, Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, among the riders that wear Fly Racing each and every Saturday night out there at a Supercross. We thank those folks at Fly Racing for making it happen, whether it's watercraft, whether it's snow, whether it's dirt bike. They've got you covered. Mountain bike as well. FlyRacing.com. Uh, casual wear also are very, very popular with those guys. So, again, thanks to the folks at Fly, the F2 Carbon helmet, exact same helmet for the de- that you can buy at your dealer is the one that Pike and Baggett and the Seven Deuce Deuce and Ben LeMay and all these other guys rock every Saturday night. Also, too, brought to you by Alpine Star, the Tech 10 boot, the benchmark boot in motocross. The Tech 10 further advances the innovations that make it the most technical motocross boot ever. And the A4 chest protector, a fundamental statement for the company responsible for the continued progression of cutting-edge tech and industry-leading safety in motorsport protection equipment. Love the guys at Alpine Stars and the quality products, of course. And Maxxis Tires, Maxxis.com. You know that the Maxxis delivers the best tires for your bike, but did you know that Maxxis also offers high-quality tires for your car, your light truck, your trailer, ATV, mountain bike, and more? Maxxis Tires lets you hook up, pull the whole shot, and beat your competition in any terrain or conditions. The MXST is a new tire being developed by Jeremy McGrath in conjunction with Maxxis. So that'll be out real soon. Thanks to those guys, Fly Racing, Alpine Stars, and Maxxis Tires. With me on the line, former uh, manager of Suzuki Amateur Program. He worked at Kawasaki for a year, worked at Suzuki back in the early 90s. And he's out of the sport now, but uh, it'll be fun to talk. Catch up with him and talk about old times, talk about new times a little bit. It's Cole Grass. What's up, Cole? How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks so much. It's good to uh, be on the show. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to uh, to talk to you. You've got some hell of a stories. I know that. That's for sure. Um, what are you doing now? What's going on with you with Cole Grass these days? Well, I'm in medical device sales now for Johnson & Johnson, the, uh, their trauma line division. Okay. So plates, screws, rods. Um, you know, we work on a few motocrossers here and there. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, but it's weird. Like, those really, the motocross injuries aren't that bad. I mean, Ro- Roxanne, of course, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen some x-rays, and, and you know, the doctor did a hell of a job fixing them up. But, you know, he had a pretty bad high-velocity type of uh, type of injury. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it's, you know, put a rod in there, and, you know, you're back to, back to your life, you know, mm-hmm. in a couple of days and getting back at it, you know, in months. But, um, yeah, it's, it's fun being, you know, being in the, being in the surgeries and, and helping surgeons, uh, fix patients. 
It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot different. Yeah. But it's a um, it's it's challenging, and uh, you know, I just look at it as a, another chapter in life. You know. Yeah. Do you do you miss it a little bit? Do you ever want to get back into moto? I know I talked to somebody. I want to say last week that they kind of got out of the. Uh, they're still doing a little bit in the industry, but they're not in, in the sport anymore, per se, the, the pro motocross and supercross, and they want back in, even though they know it's not that good to pay and it's super long hours. Do you miss it? Uh, you know, I definitely miss the people, and, I, uh, yeah, overall, I miss it. I loved it, and, uh, you know, kind of when you get the um, – the rug pulled out from under you like mm-hmm. I did. Yep. Um, you know, it left a you know, bad taste in my mouth. And uh, I was like, you know, college educated. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot to bring to the – I got a lot to bring to, to, to somebody that wants my talents. And the motor industry doesn't want my talents, you know, like and mm-hmm. they treat me like this. I'm, I'm going to take my talents elsewhere and, you know, go make some money, you know. Yeah, yeah. It just – you know, it's kind of one of those things, and I was lucky enough to get with a great company, and and actually the the guy who got me in, Gary Dunn, was a manager at Oakley. Oh, okay. Years yeah, yeah. Him, and he, I know I know you probably know who Warren Johnson is. Yep. He's at Fox for yep. years. Yep. Warren Johnson, Gary, and I like hung around like inseparable through the '90s and the 2000s, and um, Gary moved back home to Sacramento. And, Got into you know got in with Johnson Johnson Cindy's mm-hmm. and when things went sideways he read my exit interview on Racer X oh and um, I can't remember did you do that or no I no I think, I think it was Wygant I think it was yeah yeah Wygant and uh, he's like hey you know I think you do real well at you know medical device sales and uh, so you know, here I am you know oh. ten, ten years later um. Do you and, travel, uh, or do you travel, or is it Monday to Friday? No, no, no travel. Yeah. I mean, you're on call twenty four seven. I've been, you know, last two last two days have been eighteen hour days. Woken up at five a.m. to get stuff ready for surgeries, going at six and seven, uh, that type of thing. So you're on call uh-huh. when your surgeons when your surgeons have to do surgery. Yeah. Uh, for a you know open fracture from a motor vehicle accident, mm-hmm. uh, you get called in. You're there to keep them one step ahead you're actually in the surgeries you're not scrubbed in mm-hmm. but you're you're advising on implant options yep and keeping you know, keeping the surgeon focused on the patient and one step ahead so it's you know it's it, you're it's really engaging and it's a lot of fun and very challenging now i would forgive this question wouldn't they just stock some stuff like why would they have to call you at six in the morning wouldn't they just have a stock well, like a motorcycle dealer well yeah, they're stocked. Like our stuff's at the hospital, ready to go, right? But there's 32 sequences to putting in. You know, when Grandma falls and breaks her hip, mm-hmm. there's 32 sequences and devices to put in that nail into her hip so she can walk again. Okay, to fix her broken hip. You know, just you know, so she yeah. gets up and ambulatory and going. And the surgeon, you know, or the the surgeon, he wants to get in there and fix the patient, he doesn't want to worry about where the implants are, where the instruments are, how the instruments go. Oh, okay. He wants to fix the patient. So your job is to tell the scrub tech, the, the tech that's getting everything ready, maybe he spent all day doing, you know, he was, who knows, generally he's yeah. doing 
at the he was taking out appendixes all day. Sure, you know, he's taking out appendixes, that type of thing. Yeah, and now he's in a now he's in an ortho case. So you got to tell him like this is what you need. Put this and this together. Oh, okay. We stay one step ahead of the surgeon. So they want you there, and uh, to make things go smooth, you know. Yeah, you're like, and, uh, but you're, yeah, you're like uh, you see a broken bone, you're like, look. I've got a, a an angle and some countersunk screws that are just like an RM125 for the, to hold the clutch cover on. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> dial you in. <laughs> you know what's funny is um, it's all about sequences, right? Sure. Put the motor together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, working on a bike, how things go together. They all have to be in sync and go together a certain way. So my whole life is about sequences and how things go together. So that was the easy part. Like, you know, now I'm an expert on the anatomy. You know, now I had to learn the whole anatomy yeah, yeah. And, uh, and how it applies. But the equipment was like, yeah, show me a tray. Oh, yeah, this is easy. Okay, got it. You right, know? right. Now, you know, now it's learning everything else, you know. You know what's crazy so, yeah. in, in, the, in the moto world, and I've talked to a few guys about this, um, and Ferry's one. I worked for Ferry for a number of years, and he's one of the guys too. Like, like just like a car mechanic or the guy, your plumber that you call. Like sometimes there's bad doctors, guys who aren't that good, and other times there's doctors that are amazing. And even though it's your human body, like a guy could fix your wrist wrong or set your arm wrong or whatever, and this puts you out for another year or six months in your career. Like it is crazy. Like it's not. It's just like anything. There's our great doctors and there's doctors that aren't so good. It's nuts. It yeah, that's the thing is, you know, you know, perfect example, you know, somebody like, you know, hypothetically, I'm not I'm not saying anything, but yeah. Roxon, he gets he gets jammed down to Irvine, you know, yeah. and a guy that does total joints all day is like looking at this high end athlete that yeah. high velocity crash and you know, he's like, let me look through my, you know, in residency, I did a couple of these like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So I tell everybody, if you get somewhere, say, hey, how many fractured femurs have you done this month? The guy says zero. Go, next. Give me the next guy. <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Because there, there were like five surgeons I work with that could have taken care of him very, very at a high level that would uh, alleviate some of the problems he had. Yeah, and you're like, yep. dang it, man, dang it, why couldn't why couldn't he get to the right guy? And yeah. it's like just luck of the draw that he got a guy that doesn't specialize in trauma. You know, he gets a guy that like you know, there's guys that do sports that fix ACLs all day. Yeah, that are like, oh wow, yeah, I haven't done one like this in a long time. You know, yeah. And you're just like, shoot. Um, so it's not that they're bad surgeons. It's just that that's not their specialty. Yeah, for sure. How much do you follow the sport now? How much do you watch the races? How, how much do you read about stuff? Oh, man, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I've oh, been really? a huge fan oh, cool. my whole life. Yeah, yeah. I, I watch everything. And uh, I was sitting with John Tomac at Anaheim 1, and he's looked at me. He's like, you know, uh, your footprint's almost gone. And I'm like, well, oh, you're right. He's yeah. like, you know, the last guy I recruited before I got Candace Suzuki was Jeremy Martin. And, you know, Anderson Anderson and Tomac and Dungey yep. were pretty much the last guys. I mean, Davey was my first superstar. That's why I emailed you. Like, yeah. Davey's kind of special to me. Like, 
we started MTF. We started like that big amateur contract going, you know, like you're the guy that's going to be our face and our future, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Team Green had Bubba and, and you know, Ricky. Had James yep. and, and Ricky. Yep. But, like, you, I was at Cali when Jane, when Bubba was there as an amateur, and Ron Heben and those guys were like, you don't treat it, you, you treat, you know, you don't give them too much. You know, you don't give them, you don't give them a lot. Like you just get them to the races, and they, mm-hmm. they earn everything they get. And you don't put them on a pedestal. You know, like you you respect them, but you can't give them too much. You know, and uh, you know it's like my era. What you know, I started was like, I want to win races. I want the future of the sport to go a certain direction, mm-hmm. and. I'm I'm all in, you know. I'm I'm gonna figure this out along the way, and I'm gonna do things different, yep. you know. And you know, I, I didn't know how it'd turn out, but you know, we we got a few good ones along the way, and yeah. you know, and you know, got of course there's duds along the way, but guys that just don't pan out. Of but, course, but you know, it's weird. It's just like, oh yeah, my footprint's almost gone. <laughs> it's That's kind of sad, you know. Um. Yeah, so Suzuki folds its amateur can support in 08, right? And you're you're kind of let go with the mini mini O's. Did you have any idea it was coming? Did they kind of give you a heads up, or did you know? Well, see, I mean that that was the that was a sad part. I you know I was the original contact on the Makita sponsorship. You know, Sean Norfolk called me and mm-hmm. he's like, "Hey, um, I got a guy at Makita that." I don't want to hand off to somebody that doesn't know what to do with them. Right. So I'm going to send them to you and, you know, show him what he can get, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, thanks, Sean. Sean was awesome. He was one of my favorite, like, sponsors, you know, the, at the Renthal days. And, um, you know, so we got Makita, and then after that, I got Rockstar. I was the initial contact on Rockstar and worked that deal and got it into the fold. And they were my amateur team, yeah. and they wanted they wanted to go. You know, you know, all my bikes in the day was everything had to be the same. We were a yep. team. We we're a powerhouse. We we rolled into Loretta's and you know kicked ass and took names, and and it was an elite program. And that you know, and Rockstar wanted to brand it. Well, I wasn't getting my contract. I couldn't get contracts in '08. They no mm-hmm. end of '08. They wouldn't give me the my budget approval to send contracts out. But I was sending bikes, I was getting things <laughs> right. rolling, and, you know, it was, something was starting to smell funny. Yeah, yeah, right. You're like, huh. And, and I was like, and Rockstar's like, hey, how come, how come so-and-so didn't have, you know, the Rockstar, you know, how come, what, what's Joey Savacci doing in Red Bull? And, you know, I'm like, dude, I haven't, I can't have him give up his Red Bull money. Mm-hmm. You know, they help them out a lot, pay for MTF. I can't do anything. I can't give them a contract yet. And they're all upset. They're like, oh, Spachi's fat. We want him. I'm like, yeah. I was just fighting with management. Give me my contract. Give me my budget so I can send contracts so yep. I can get this rolling. And they wouldn't do They go, we don't know if you're going to have a program next year. Oh. And, um, and I was like, huh. I was like getting upset about it, and I was feeling pretty cocky because I had, you know, I had Red Bull. I mean, yeah. I had 
rock star money. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, hey, I brought all this to you. I'm going to send a little email to my sponsors and say, don't send your January payment because as of now, <laughs> okay. we don't have a program. Yeah. And Tom Carson sends it to Jeff Cernick and uh, says, hey, Jeff, check this out. Is this crazy? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Jeff Cernick, who's a good friend of mine, trust me, I, don't, I didn't think, you know, nothing yeah, malicious yeah. about it. Right, right. He sends it. He sends it to Racer X. <laughs> Racer X posts it. Oh boy! And uh, I got called into a room with Japanese I didn't even know existed. <laughs> That's never good. And, That's uh, never good. Yeah. And I'm like, they're like, you know, you just cost Suzuki millions of dollars in business, and. Uh, I'm like, no, I think you did by not, you know, if yeah. it's that important a business, if that important a business to you, um, you should probably give me a budget and let me go do what I'm supposed to do, right. you know? Right. And the the next day I was scheduled to be off. It was like January 8th, you know, we're uh-huh. not doing that, you know, January, I mean December, December, December 8th. Yep. It's like such a weird day. So, I come in that Monday and like Mike Webb, Pat Alexander, they're all kind of like, hey, you know, being real weird. I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. this is like, this is like, this is really eerie. Yeah. And four o'clock, sure enough, called into a room, gave him my check and said, see you later, dude. That's and, it. And that's, that, all, that's all for you. But, I mean, you know, you may have cost them some money somehow, but they weren't going to have a program. So I don't really understand why they're that mad. I can get why them being a little upset. Uh, for letting the cat out of the bag early, but ultimately there was no program. So ultimately there was no yeah. checks to collect from when there's no program, you know? Exactly. Um, that that was my thought. It yeah. seemed logical. Right, right. You know what's funny? Okay, so that happens. Dude, it's 2018, and Suzuki is just now getting back on its feet and trying to get something going. They've lost a ton of ground with their bike sales. The 250F is old. It's going to be new. A new 450 is out. Chris Wheeler is trying to get things going. There's the RM Army. But it's not anywhere near it was when you were there. And it's hurt them. I mean, yeah, they, I don't know what their budget was. And I don't know what the financial situation of the company was. But pulling out is maybe the worst thing to do because it takes you a generation to catch back up. And, they're, and they haven't yet, but they're trying. Yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, look at Kawasaki, the Team Green program has been consistent since 1981 and up and down up and down in the economy it stays team green and they stay they stayed solid mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and the hondas and the you know you know yamaha sometimes you know not as much but yeah you know, well yamaha had Suzuki. a dry spell there for a little bit yep for sure yamaha yeah. yep you can't pull all the way out you have to like you know i told i was telling management tell me i got Tell me I got $100,000 to work with. Yeah. Tell me I'll take one guy, whatever, yeah. you know, we'll yeah. go, we'll go, we'll keep things rolling, you know, right. keep, the, keep the blue sky. People <laughs> love blue sky and hope. Yeah, you know? yeah. right, right. Um, yeah, they're just kind of now getting back on their feet, and they're a long way from where they were of the powerhouse days, you know, when you were there. Um, 
Yeah. It's uh and no ride no riders in the pipeline, you know. Yeah, no, it's gonna take a long time. I mean Yamaha did it and they're kinda back with some investment. Star started reaching into the amateur ranks and, and Cycle Trader Rock River are there. But uh yeah, it's uh the the blow to your brand is pretty big. Now having said that, Cole, I've gone on and on in my shows. Amateur motocross is getting a little out of control and I don't know how to stop it and I don't know how it can be stopped or if it can be stopped but certainly when you were there you were grabbing you know a 14 year old Eli Tomac or a 15 year old dude here and there or Jeremy Martin was 16 or 17 already when you took them they're they're now signing up nine-year-olds you know to they're now they're not committed to five six-year deals with nine-year-olds it's amazing and there's you know a small percent chance that one of these kids is going to actually make it for you it's it's really bad in my opinion, but I don't know how to stop it. I, there's no, there's nobody to stop it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a slippery slope because the the young kids, you could kind of the way the pendulum has swung and the way how serious families are getting mm-hmm. at an early age, um, you can kind of see the mechanism or the the piece of the puzzle. That works. You know, if yep. you've been around a while, you kind of see the family dynamic, um, the kid, the skill set in the kid. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't, you can't commit to long term until all these kids hit puberty. Right. That was yeah. my big thing. It's yeah. like, until this kid hits puberty and they're all 16, 17, like young men, like able to like see what they all have. Because if a kid, if a kid's mature at seven, at ten, he could dominate just from, like Millsaps. Millsaps yeah. was a big boy, yeah. and like you know, my favorite story was he was thirteen on an eighty, eighty-five with bigger trap, faster trap speed through the whoop section and mini O's, a world mini than <laughs> Ryan Mills, who's a two fifty pro. Right, right. And you know, Millsaps was just a monster. And, um, you know, it, it translated to some success for him in the future, but, you know, yeah. it, it's like, oh, my gosh, you see that, and you're like, man, we got we to gotta get this guy under wraps, yeah. and, you know, and, and at least we have a chance in the future. Right, so right. It, it's really it, it's tough because, you know, it, 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 really doesn't, it really doesn't leave a lot left over to – for the Ryan Dungies to come up and make yeah. it anymore. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Dungey, McGrath, Shane McElrath now. There's so many kids that really weren't, you know, specially hyped kids that are now doing very well in, in moto, you know. Even Jason Anderson, to a point. I mean, he had some success for sure, but, um, you know, it, it, for as many can't-miss kids, there's certainly some who, you know, do miss a lot, you know. So it's... I don't know, man. I just when you see these nine-year-olds getting deals and gear deals and money, you're just like, "Holy smokes!" Like, how is this ever going to yeah. stop? You know? Um, I don't know. So the email you sent me an email about about Millsaps. He had to announce his retirement. Um, he crashed and uh, hurt his head. Unfortunately, he still had a terrific career. When do you see Davy Millsaps? What's he doing? How do you get him on Suzuki? Well, luckily, you know. One of those, you know, dealer networks. He was, uh, you know, just Cernic. You know, those guys that would be on the eastern, mm-hmm. eastern board there, racing here and there. With, you know, they'd all gravitate towards, you know, like Cernic or somebody. And, and uh, you know, you kind of get them in the mix, and then you start talking to their parents, and 
you see, you know, how committed they are, and uh, you see the skill set the kid has. You see, you know, he wants to be a winner. The family's committed to being a winner. And you develop that relationship, you know, and then then you're vested. You're mm-hmm. vested in them. You're vested in the family. You're vested in, you know, in, in their career. And, you know, it starts growing. And then he, he's winning. He wins at every level. So, yeah. man, the snowball gets going. And you're lucky enough that you put in the time and you you, you honestly – Emotionally, you get there before the results come, and when it all comes, it's just that that feel good, you know, yeah. it's like oh man, we we got we got a winner here, and uh, we're all on the same page, and and we're moving forward, you know, and and then when you get one like that, you know, it's almost like you get that alpha dog, you get that kingpin. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people start looking at your program like, well, if I ride a Suzuki. And I do well. Will I be like Millsap? And then the snowball starts coming, and then you kind of get a good pick of some talent out there. And you know your job gets a it gets harder and easier at the same time. You know because then you're having to pick. Right. And um, and so yeah, I mean that that's how Millsap comes along, and, and luckily he gets to the point where you know he's he's producing. You know, and then, you know, you have a Hepler on the team also. It's, mm-hmm. it's funny. You almost have to have two, like, alpha dogs, like, fighting for the best position because Hepler always said, you like Davey more. <laughs> Davey always was pissed. Davey would say, you like Hepler more, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, I never wanted to say anything, but, you know, it's like, man, like, Davey was special to me, you know? And, you know, his parents going through a divorce early and, you know, and like happened to like the mom would say, "Hey, it's." I'd be like, "Well, where you know, where's Dave? Like Dave, kind of like had you know, you guys were a good team. Like, is Dave coming to the races? Like, uh-huh. are we gonna? Yeah, as this gonna, you know, we're kind of like it's a tough point for this young man, you know, and he wants to, you know, you were all going for him being a, a motocross supercross star. Like, you yeah, know, what happened? Yeah. Like what? Like you know, am I gonna, you know, is is, is Davey going? And she's like. Davey's with me, and you're either with me and Davey or you're out. I'm like, I'm with you, Colleen. I'm, that sounds good to me. And, you know, yeah. she started MTF, and part of his first contract was paying the tractor bill, you know? Yeah. Was, and that was that's kind of how it all got started. It was easy to see Davey was going to be an amazing rider, huh? Like he was that good as a kid? Yeah, he was, yeah, the skill set was, you know, I mean, look who he went against. I mean, it's not like, to me, it was not, it's not what you win, it's who you beat. Mm -hmm. And we were going up against uh, the juggernaut of a Lessie crew. Like, Mike Alessi was a pretty damn good amateur. Oh, yeah. Like, his dad, like, no, like, it's funny, like, when uh, Alessi was on your, uh, Tony Alessi was on your yeah. show. He sounded so sane. Like, he did, so didn't he? He did. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, I like this guy, but that's <laughs> not the Tony Alessi I knew. You know? That wasn't, no. you know. I remember at Loretta's, like, Davey Coons would be like, 
cool, this is guy's okay. I'm like, no, he's not okay. Like, this, no, you don't, you don't know what's going to rear its ugly head. Like, this yeah. is not good. Yeah. I was just always, like, at odds with them. And, you know, Davey was my guy, and, and Tony um, and uh, Tony and Mike were, you know, like, doing all they can to win races. And, you know, we were, you know, we were doing, when we, you know, when we beat them, it was great. And when we lost to them, it was the end of the world. You know, it was, it was just such a good adversary relationship that, you know, kind of fueled all of us, you know, kept our, you know, kept the blood flowing. Um, how crazy did it get between the parents and everything and all that back in the day with the Lessies and Millsaps? I mean, obviously. Um, oh, gosh, it was. It was, I mean, I don't even know if it, I mean, I'm sure stuff like happens at that magnitude these days, but back then it was, <laughs> it was, it was such a hatred. Like I remember one year at Loretta's, I was actually taught, I went to Tony, uh, their trailer in the back 40 there and the boys, you know, Jeff and Mike were running around their underwear and I'm talking to Tony like, they wanted to come to Suzuki and Dean at R and D loved them at uh-huh. that point. Yeah. And, uh, Dean wanted me to talk to him and I'm like, shoot, if I had Millsap, this Alessi crew, <laughs> I'd have one hell of a team, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I remember coming back, I talked to big day. I talked to Dave Millsap and I was like, Hey, I'm thinking, you know, Tony Alessi, they, you know, they, they want to come ride Suzuki's and that's a pretty good team. He's, he's like, Nope. If they're on Suzuki, we will not be. And I was like, you know, I'm like, am I like, I don't mm-hmm. know, forget. I'm just like, I'm just started. You know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm yeah. Manager, I'm getting things rolling. You know, I kind of just went through the Ben Riddle debacle, and I'm like, yep. Oh man, like, oh, I don't want to blow this. You know, like, right, right. Second, I'm like. <laughs> I'm with you, Dave. We're together. Let's go. You know, like I had to tell Alessi that, sorry, I can't do nothing for you. Good luck. And, uh, you know, and, you know, because, you know, what are you going to do? Like, I I really didn't want that. I didn't want to create that tumultuous type of atmosphere. No, no. I I wanted, I, I liked having a team that was united. I liked having, like, Suzuki against the world type of thing. Uh-huh. And we're going to go, we're going to roll into each event as a team and guys that like got along and had one goal is to like clean up. And I just didn't feel I would have that if I tried to hire a lessee on the team. Yeah. And yeah. I, just, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was, you know, one of those things where you say, that's not me. Uh-huh. I, I kind of had that thing like, I don't think this is the identity I want for my team, you know? Um, and yeah. that, uh, was just, just a funny side note story, you know, how things happen behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, how much, um, well, actually, let's take me through the B rider that was Ryan Dungey and getting him on the team and what you thought of him when you signed him, what was he like to deal with and, and all that, because that is an incredible story. That one, uh, oh, yeah. I wish I wish I could say I was brilliant and saw it all along. But, you know, it's like, you know, be truthful. Um, I would, you know, of course, I recruited Blake. Blake was winning motos at Loretta's at the time. Okay. And uh, Dungey, Ryan, was half a lap behind Izzy and Stroop. And he was a year older than Izzy and Stroop. Yeah. So you're like, and, okay, uh, he's good, but, yeah. 
yeah, he's good, but uh, you know this. Yeah, you yeah. know, and the parents, you know, and this uh, this guy uh, Clark from Tri Cities, God, cities in Minnesota. There's um, a, a dealer up there. Mm-hmm. And he would always call me about the dungies, you know, these dungies, these dungies. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, all right. You know, he's a good Suzuki dealer, does a good job for us. And, and you know, kids, you try to align with dealers to help them sell sure. bikes. Yeah, and yeah. The kids are good enough, you know, it makes it a good marriage. Uh, but, you know, I was I was interested in Blake. He's winning motos at Loretta's on 65. I thought he'd be a, a great 85 guy. And, you know, his dad's a big stout guy. And. I was like, man, it's going to be a strong kid, you know, mm-hmm. 85s, big bikes. And I was all about, you know, my big theory was, like, I don't care how many, you know, amateur titles you win, I want to produce good pros. Right. Like, I went down the road, like, you know, because, you know, right out of the gate I had, you know, Ben Riddle right. off of Cali, and, you know, that didn't turn out too well. And so I was super, like, you know, I need to reevaluate this, so. Um, I was kind of looking, you know, from a physical standpoint, mm-hmm. the family environment, and what we could do. And uh, they're like, well, you know, Ryan and the Jade was, you know, he's kind of like, he was older and on bigger bikes and, you know, kind of like hovering around top 10. And and I said, yeah, we could, you know, let's, we'll put Ryan on the B team and, mm-hmm. you know, Blake will be, uh, you know, Blake will be, you know, the A team. Yep. And you know, Jade, Jade, you know, we'll uh, we got some we got some bikes for her. Program. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, we got some dealer support programs. I can, you know, right. you know, helping you guys got a parts budget, and if you want to spend it on Jade, you can. You know, almost like you got a right. budget, you just know your budget. And um, you know, right, I think right off the bat, um, uh, Blake got hurt, mm-hmm. and. They took, we went to Minio, went to Minio's. I think they all did Minio's and all did, you know, okay. And then Blake got like hurt right after Minio's of that year. And um, Ryan, like, you know, did pretty well. And they're like, hey, what about, you know, I go, what about some more support for Ryan? I was like, well, you know, there's budget there, you know, that Blake's mm-hmm. not using. So let's see what we can do. And, um, and they're like, yeah, he's gonna go. Um, he's gonna go. He's gonna spend some time in Florida, mm-hmm. and then he's gonna go to Texas with with uh, JM Racing, John Mitchell, I believe, and uh, spend some time down there. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. all right. So sure. you know, whatever you guys got to do, whatever, smoke them if you got them, I guess. You right. know, all right. And um, I'd call. You know, I'd be talking to. You know, of course, John Mitchell would have to order twenty cylinders. You know, for an RM125. <laughs> right. Like, hey, John. Hey, John. You know, you can slow down on the cylinders. You know, and like, <laughs> you know, really don't have that much budget. You know, it's a Suzuki, dude. Come yeah, on. Right. And uh, I talked to. Uh, I talked to the dad and uh, Troy, and I was like, well, what's Ryan doing down there? He's just staying in a room, staying in a room at Mitchell's house. I go, what's he do? He's like, push-ups and sit-ups. I'm like, huh, okay. Right. All right. Old school. Well, sure, right. yeah, yeah. That right. was like my kind of racer. I like this guy. Right. You know? And so I just kept sending cylinders and stuff to John Mitchell, and uh dude showed up in Texas and blew the doors off some fast kids. Wow. Like, just yeah, in yeah. three months. like. Yep. Three months of focusing on nothing but moto. Yep. And 
I was like, holy crap. Right. This is like, this is, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, I had no idea this could happen. Like, right. this is unbelievable. And then he went to World Mini and straight up beat Josh Hill, who was like tagged as the next big thing. Right. And, uh, you know, they were, you know, and, uh, Kristen, uh, Villapato, you know, Villapato's wife, yep. she was the answer, answer rep right. then. And she believed in that whole family. Like, she, mm-hmm. like, did a lot for them and, right. like, helped them. And I was just, like, kind of, like, jumping on some coattails. Like, oh, yeah, my yeah. God, right, unbelievable. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, Big E, Big E at the time was that answer. He was an answer, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he was, like, he was a big believer. And then I'm like, well, I'm a believer now. Are you yeah. kidding me? This is unreal. And, you know, you know the rest of the story after yeah. that. It was I mean, it just literally from, you know, August, August, you know, you know, you know, from August up until that next March, you just had a transformation. Wow. Interesting. I don't know if you can say that about any amateur ever. And then, and then, and then the coster's like, Hey, I'm going to take them. And you're like, what? You're like, huh? (laughs) Yeah. You're not, you're not kidding how nervous, like. Mm-hmm. I remember um, because uh, Hepler and Davey went went to Roger, and they really weren't Roger material. Right. You know, like, yeah, no. They, back, yeah. Back, back then, back then, like you know, I was kind of like Roger's an idiot, you know. And now I look back and I'm like, that is the the guy is just he does it his way. He knows. Put with him who he needs to right. succeed, and Roger's brilliant. You know, yep. don't don't stick him with guys that he's not going to gel with. You know, yeah. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpamex eighteen is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, right. no, I, I've, 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 I have so many I mean? stories. I have so many stories of guys who rode for Roger, and he didn't like them. And dude, he would never talk to you. He would like mm-hmm. he'd write you off. And Ferry was one of them, and Nate Dog was one of them back in the day. And they didn't oh, do the yeah. work. They didn't do the work. He didn't see the potential in them, and they would. He would literally never talk to them. That was it. <laughs> you'll you'll love this uh, Ferry story. Daytona, when he was racing 125s, yeah. I was standing right there. Lee McCollum, who's nervous Nelly anyway, yeah. is like, Roger, Roger, Tim's hands are really cold and it's hard to ride. 
And Roger, like, looked at him with, like, this blank, dead stare. Like, <laughs> are you fucking, are you kidding me? Really? Right, like, right. is somebody telling me their hands are cold and they can't ride? Yeah. Like, it's like almost right then and there you knew, like, this isn't Roger's guy. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. Oh, no, he, he was, he was gnarly. Um, yeah. you, you talked about Riddle a little bit. And, uh. Nico Izzy, another guy that was Nico was so good, such a fast amateur. What went wrong with these guys? I gotta say, when Nico turned pro, I had to interview him his rookie year for Racer X, and he was such he was kind of disrespectful. He was a little bit out to lunch that first year, and I'm like, this kid, like he's not gonna get it. You know what I mean? And whatever, that's yeah. just one, my first impression. Where I was like, wow, this kid. There's either nothing going on upstairs or he's not really a professional or whatever. Uh, and Riddle, I lived with Jeff Bone, the old Thor guy. Remember Jeff Bone, the old Thor Thor guy? Yeah. And Jeff, yeah. I lived with Jeff in San Diego. And Jeff swore up and down that Ben Riddle was going to kill it as a pro. What happened yeah. to these two guys? Well, I think, you know, I always say that to succeed – your pie has to be full. You can cut it any way you want. Mm-hmm. You can put intelligence, track IQ, determination, strength, intelligence, um, you know, uh, dedication. You can cut the pie any way you want, but it has to be full. Mm-hmm. And I think there was just a slice missing from Ben Riddle and the Izzy's and the guys that don't make it. Right. They just there's a slice of something missing. Like they just can't grasp the magnitude of the big stage. Yeah, and it engulfs them. I think you know psychologically it engulfs them to a point of paralysis. Yeah. Okay. Sure. And, um, and it, it it they're sad. They're sad cautionary tales. Every sport has it. I mean, I'm sure you know from hockey, basketball, baseball. Yeah, Every oh yeah. Sport has those, those playground legends. I think it's the magnitude of the big stage that engulfs these kids, and they just fold. And it, it's so sad because, um, damn it, they they have their dreams are right there. Their dreams are there, and they can almost touch it. You know, mm-hmm. it just doesn't come together. When these guys, when 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 a riddle or a, or an Izzy. Or even a Brian Gray, when they're in the factory truck, and you've worked with these families, and you work with these kids, you know them inside and out. Are they calling you, and are you calling them? Are you you're seeing their struggles? Are you trying to help at all, or is it kind of like, hey, I got my own thing going, and you're Rogers' deal now? Is it a little bit like that? You know, I, I always try to. Um, you, you always try to like. You try to bridge that gap, I guess, and you kind of want to turn them over to Roger. But, you know, Roger's got to win 450 or 250 stuff at the time, you know, the the big bikes. And, you know, you, you try to bridge that gap a little bit, but you're not with them, you know. It's yeah. Like you got your own, you got your own, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to find the next big thing. You yeah, know, yeah. You've already yep. turned over. You yep. know, you already turned it over. And you lose touch a little bit. And, you know, I'd go out to the test track and, you know, things would Things would look good, and everybody was happy with everybody, and, you know, it just, you know, they couldn't just translate it on race day for whatever reason, and, 
and these kids, like you said, I, the mm-hmm. kids, like Izzy's, a, that when you said not, didn't respect, you know, you or the, the situation, that's just it. They yeah. don't respect where they are and what they have to do to succeed. Yeah. And, um, and it just bites them, man. I remember, I mean, three of, three of my most, three of my funnest, like, riders to, mm-hmm. like, were like Lawrence, Little, and Izzy. Yeah, were, yeah. Like a wrecking crew, dude. <laughs> they were a wrecking crew. I would like, we'd roll into the, we'd roll into the races and they'd clean up and we, it was mm-hmm. all feel good. And then two days later, they'd be driving through Albuquerque and I'd get a call from a track owner. Yep. These guys set this on fire and they're not knowing <laughs> this. And I'm like, oh my God, you oh, know, like, oh boy. You know, and they try to talk to the parents and, but the parents are, they're totally like Talladega Nights, like yeah, we're yeah. winning races. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. You know? I know. Like, my, oh. my buddy's got a story of J-Law showing up at his track in PA and rolling a tractor tire at some kids that would have killed them. Like, he, they would have, it would have killed them. And they're just, he's just like, what are you doing? You're, you, if this tractor, Tyler, if it picks up enough speed, it's going to hit a kid and kill him. And J-Law's like, ah, that's funny. You're just like, what's going on yeah. with you? <laughs> he was like, he, he was, I mean, you don't get anybody with a higher track IQ than Jason Lawrence. Yeah. But he was devilishly stupid yeah like, yeah like man oh man he had no almost like serial killer type of like mentality like yeah whatever i want to do i do yeah you know? no i know regardless yeah. of consequence you know yeah i just that, yeah. I, I saw him be disrespectful and ignorant to fans a few times i'm just like what an idiot he was he thought it was funny i'm like oh boy this kid's not yeah. gonna get it like you know they're just not gonna understand it um who's a kid that you wanted to sign and couldn't or who's a kid that you worked with to to try to get him on the Suzuki side, and they, and they didn't go, and, and they went on to have a good career? Is there somebody like that? Uh, the one kid that stands out is uh, Cincerello. Yep. Um, uh, man, I mean, my wife still brings it up. We're <laughs> at vacation. We're on vacation. Like, I had two young kids, like three and four. Mm-hmm. We're up at Cape, Cape Cod with her family for like a week just to decompress after Loretta's. Yep. And I'm literally on the phone all week. Please, that thing's Alan, I think. And, uh, like, on the phone almost all day, you know, like (laughs) with him, trying to work things out. And I was just like, you know, and Tomac got wind of it and got really pissed off. And, you know, I think that's what started his thing, going to Geico and, it was a bad deal. It didn't really work out for me, you know, but my, you know, my guys at PR2 were, um, were, uh, you know, they were pretty tight with them. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I had them in and it just, you know, it didn't work out. Cowie knew they needed to keep them. Right. And, uh, so that's probably one, I, you know, I would like to work with him. I, I like, sure. the, I went to dinner with the mom and the dad and, and uh, I thought Adam was a very intelligent kid, and, and he seemed really respectful. Um, and um, I liked him. Right, I, right. I liked him. I thought, you know, Bud Mahoney was, like, in my ear, like, nobody's more talented than that kid. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, you think? Yeah, the guy's mm-hmm. on a Cobra 
putting rhythm sections together that 450 <laughs> pros can't do. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I think he's talented. Yeah, yeah. you're like, yeah, I think he'd look good on a Suzuki for sure. Um, yeah. What about a kid, and this may, maybe this is Izzy, who who would you have bet a million dollars on that he would have made it and didn't? Would that have been an Izzy maybe? Um, or somebody else? I would have bet. Uh, what's that? Or somebody else outside of Izzy. I would have bet a million. Izzy, I was, when Izzy, when Izzy went pro, I just knew, you know, the shenanigans he mm-hmm. got in along the way would, uh, right. would haunt him. Yep. I knew his, like, his, God, I don't want to say moral character, but it's almost like moral character. Like, something would prohibit him from going all the way. And I just I just had a bad sense about it, you know? Right. So I didn't really – I wanted to reward him for his, his duty as an amateur to Suzuki. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he was always respectful to me, and his, I, I enjoyed his parents immensely. And we, we got close. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I – I wanted him to succeed, but I just didn't know. I wasn't, I wasn't like going home and telling my wife, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I can't wait it's, to see him right. on the big screen. Like, I just knew, like, man, he's gonna have to catch. He's gonna have to do a lot of like internal, you know, mm-hmm. make some good choices to make it. Um, but the guy I really that you know is you know Davy. Davy, I mean. I honestly, I honestly, if that guy, if yeah. he would have looked in the mirror, if he would have looked in the mirror every morning and said, I want to be a champion yeah. and did the work, if he did the work that Dungey did, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Oh, we, man. we had him, uh, you know, having said that he, 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 he'd made millions of dollars in racing and yeah. you know, like he, I would call his success, his career a very success, but I told him this, we had him on my show a couple weeks ago and I told him this, I'm like Chad Reed and Ferry and Villaman and these guys would tell me how amazing you are. And if you ever d- decided to fully commit how, how many race wins you'd have, you know, and, and it's, it's crazy that he won some races the way he was. That's how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. When he, um, I'll tell you, I think there was like, there was two big, there were two big things that stand out that like kind of derailed him a little bit, I mm-hmm. think. One was we were in Spain and, uh, you know, I think Purcell, Purcell was the, it was the uh, FIM Junior okay. World Championship and Davey was phenomenal. Phenomenal! Like Carlos, Carlos was just his mechanic. Just mm-hmm. came on. We took. Uh, oh, you know what? Carlos wasn't there yet. Okay. It was just me and the mom, me and the mom and Davy, and we just took. You know, and Mitch, Mitch did some work for him. You know, Mitch. Mm-hmm. He was with Mitch Payton, and they did some stuff for him. And we Hepler and him were racing. Hepler ended up winning it because Davy was phenomenal. And he laid it over in a turn and popped his knee, like yep. like did some da- did some damage, you know, and wasn't the you know like it took him a long time to recover from that that knee. Yep. And I was like, ooh, but you know he overcame and his his mom was you know so such a strong will mm-hmm. that she she made up for any any like mental weakness, you know, right. she made up for yeah. it and kind of got him through it. But man, and then when he, when he broke his femur on that Honda, yep. you know, I think that was, 
you know, he may, you know, who knows, you yeah. know, who knows what, you know, it, he might have still had limitations, but I think those two things did a little bit to derail him enough mm-hmm. to, you know, to hurt his overall outcome, yep. you know, yep. which his outcome was great. Oh, yeah, I'm no. I'm just saying, I, if you had to pinpoint two little instances that, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you know, when you're quarter, Monday morning quarterback and stuff, mm-hmm. You know that that—that's what my opinion would be. How much did you get to work with Roger as far as placing somebody on the team? Did you get sort of a a little chance to sell a guy? I'm thinking of I'm thinking of these Riddle and Brian Gray and these different guys. Did you get a chance um, to sell that kind of stuff, that, or was it? That was was really cool about Roger. Would be like you know we have this program, and if he didn't have his mind set up on somebody. Uh-huh. You'd be like, yeah, what you got for me, Cole? You know, what do we got going here? You know, like, you know, Hepler won races. You know, Davey would have, you know, shit, man. Davey would have won that year if Troy Adams had landed on him, you know, at Daytona. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. And, yeah, I mean, he had that championship wrapped up. And, uh, you know, that, that, that was a real bummer. He he pulled off the track. He still could have won that championship, but after Troy landed on him, he pulled off the track. Right. Which, you know, I don't know. You know, it's weird I remember these things yeah. like yesterday. But, <laughs> um, but he, um, but no, Roger, yeah. Roger was, uh, it was, it was funny because there was some Japanese guys there that, you know, that thought I was doing a good job, you know, recruiting and building mm-hmm. programs. And they liked the way, they were always fans of, of you know the Suzuki you know, mm-hmm. you know, am- you know the amateurs you know from the Buddy Antonis days yeah, yeah. And Jimmy Gaddis and right. you know back in you know Healy and Bruce yeah, Punch yeah. and yeah. you know Fleming you know those guys were all around these Japanese guys mm-hmm. and, like they'd get me like fired up going <laughs> oh yeah Roger Roger messes with the bikes too much yeah yeah and, uh, Jap- Japan doesn't like that you know yeah yeah and then you know <laughs> we need them like you know kind of hitting like they need a manager like. You, you yeah, know, like, yeah, you know, like yeah. I was like, like I'm gonna, you know, at the time I'm thinking I'm gonna replace Roger Custer, like really, <laughs> You're like what? you know, kind of like yeah, I should, but yeah. you know, looking back on it, like what an idiot I was, like, you know, to even <laughs> think that, you know, right, like this right. guy is, this guy has done more for motocross and like, mm-hmm. you know, just the only mistake he ever made was, you know not picking all his own guys to work with, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only mistake he ever made. Everybody, yeah. you know, he pretty much picked, like, he had success with that he was vested in, you know? Yeah, not, no, so, you're right. Also, didn't help you out. The Kawasaki-Suzuki combined 250F was a terrible machine. Hmm. Oh, my God, that was terrible. Yeah, that was not That was not pretty. No, it was all. not. I mean, I mean, it was you know on my level, it was it was okay because yeah. you know it gave us something to race, and then you know it it let the guys be halfway competitive and let me get like you know it helped me sign like an Anderson and a Tomac mm-hmm. that were riding sixty fives. Right, right. So I was okay with it. It right. kept them off KTM's and let me sign a couple sure. you know, amateur kits. Um, you know that you know coming up. One of the stories that Wygan and I want to do, Cole. Is, I don't, I don't, but I don't know how we can do it. We would like to do a long story about the Bills Pipe Suzuki Rockstar team. 
with Mills <laughs> and J-Law and Hamlin and Mike Brown somehow. Somehow Mike Brown gets recruited on this team. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if any of the guys will be able to talk to us now. or what, But what a disaster oh that God. was. Oh, uh, oh geez. Dude, that was that was the nail in my coffin. I swear to God. You think you think it was really? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh, that was that was poor Bill. You know, I mean, I would love. I mean, we'd be taught. We'd it'd be a long story because there's stories for days from Scott to COVID, <laughs> oh, to Bobby God. Nichols being involved to how those writers got on there, and yeah, and then at the end of the day, you know. Because Bill's pipe came to me and said, "Hey, we want to get back into racing." Yeah, and then I can't. I would love to. I love you guys. You're like, sure, yeah. right, Bill, right. You guys are great guys. Let's do something. It was kind of like maybe we'll have Weimer and and Jared Brown, you right, know, right. And next thing you know, I'm like, "Hey guys, I've got this rock star, yeah, money." <laughs> Let's, and like, it was like, why didn't I just say, "Hey"? I've got a gun. Shoot me in the head. Hey, you know, it's like, I got some money. Let's burn it. Let's just burn yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was so incredible. It's like, Dude, and then it's, afterwards, uh, Bill and Jeff hated my guts. They're like, I, "Why did you do this to us?" I would and hate. Like, I would hate your guts, also, Cole. I would also oh hate your guts. Oh my god! Oh, I felt so bad. You throw J. Law, Sipkovic, Mills, Hamblin into a into a into a team, and Mike Brown somehow. Mike Brown. Like, oh my God! It was like, yeah, you don't even know. Like, oh, I, I, then we get like, we get on the podium in a mud, uh, like rock star Mike Kelso, rock star like drunk and happy, you know, yeah, one week, and like yeah. those guys did just enough to keep Mike Kelso happy. Yeah, and then it yeah, was yeah. like, it it was like pure debauchery ninety eight percent of the time, but like two percent of the time it was yeah. like we're brilliant. Yeah, you know? it's like oh. That's not gonna. That's not. There's no sustainability in that. <laughs> Poor Bill's pipes. Poor Bill's pipes. I know. They seriously like they. They thought I was the antichrist. Yeah, yeah. They like, uh, oh, you're the devil, Cole. Oh, like, it's man. not me. I swear to God, yeah. I'm sorry. Why well, can't I? Didn't I know. We're pretty sure we can never do the story because no one, no one's around to talk about it except for Mike Brown and you, and that's about it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's that's it. There's that, that's the, one. That's one for the ages. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's one for the ages. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Did you have much to do with Pastrana, or was he already kind of graduating by the time you got there? I was. Um, I was lucky enough to get hired on when he won the Horizon Award at Loretta's. Like that was his last big race. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was around during the '90s when you know he was Cernix and Pat sure, Alexander's yeah. boy. Right. And, you know, the family, and when he was, he would come out and, like, Pat would be like, go pick him up from the airport. You know, he's 12-year-old, you know, (laughs) 12-year-old. And I'd, like, I'd bring him home, like, you know, my, uh, you know, I was, like, my fiancé at the time, like, hey, uh, I got this 12-year-old from uh, Annapolis. Yeah, and coming out, and right. uh, we're gonna pick him up at the airport. She's like, what do I do with a 12-year-old? I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was just, like, Give him ice. Give him. Give him ice cream before he goes to bed. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So you know, I'd take him. I'd take him riding. That was great for me. I'd, I'd give, be given the, the the little box fan and take yeah. him ride. We go riding all day, and I'd give him ice cream at night. It was right. a couple of weeks. It's fantastic, so, right? Oh, yeah. That's, so that's, we got to know him a little bit. That's you know, a, and then, 
It's a good story. Yeah. It's uh yeah. it's interesting where Suzuki is now. They don't really have a factory team. JGR is running it, you know, with Yosh Yosh is sort of running things through Suzuki and then they're they're giving it to JGR. Uh, Chris Wheeler and those guys are working hard or trying to rebuild the the amateur program, but man, it's gonna be a tough grind for them, you know, <clears throat> from the heydays of when you were there. But yeah, you know, I mean, they work on it. You think about it, it's like why do why do companies like why did Honda let Roger go? Why did yeah. Suzuki let Roger go? Like why when it's so good? Like it, it basically boils down to to egos, budget, you know? egos like, and money. Yeah. Well, egos and budget, like. You know what? You know this. This you know you're sitting there going like me and my son. I'm like, I am Suzuki. I just like two weeks before I got fired, I was drinking with a top Japanese guy in Vegas, mm-hmm. and he's like, it's two in the morning, and he's like, you're the number one uh, breeder. Yeah, and I was like, "Thank you, thank you." Can you tell the girls around here yeah. I'm the number one breeder? That would really help me out. And he met like recruiter, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it was it was funny because like, there was one head Japanese guy that loved dirt bikes, and his right hand guy thought I was the best. So if I get into a Pat Alexander, I just went over his head. Yep. Yeah. Well, that Japanese guy got rotated to uh, France. Sure. Yeah, that and happens. the new guy that came in, guess what? The new guy that came in, he loved road racing and thought dirt bikes were a waste of money. Yeah. And so now, now Pat Pat had an ally. Yeah. So Alexander's <laughs> got an ally, and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I, uh, corporate. I haven't been doing Pat any favors for three or four years. Uh, <laughs> this doesn't look good for me. <laughs> you know? Corporate t- corporate shakeup uh, didn't help you corporate out. Corporate shakeup. Yeah. And, it's, uh, no, it's right. You're right about that. It's funny how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just the way the ball bounces, you know. And then, yeah. you know, and then so that guy, that guy didn't think he thought dirt bikes were a waste of money, and uh, street bikes were going to make Suzuki a lot of money, and. Right. All the focus started going away, and next thing you know, you know they they're here thinking, oh, you know what, dirt bikes, dirt bikes are a good marketing tool for a brand, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, could have told you that, you know. Like, yeah. No, it's yeah, uh, just funny. No, it is, and you don't really know. It's just a stroke of a pen, one way or another, and and your job's awesome, or you don't have a job, or a department is is awesome, or a department is deciding to pull out, or whatever. It's sometimes so frustrating, you know, to. To see that when you work for a company, you, you have no control over it. Um, yeah, it's um, crazy. Well, hey, thanks, Cole. I appreciate you doing this. The Racer X podcast, uh, Fly Racing, uh, Max's Tires, Alpine Star Protects, all on board with us, and uh, good stories, man. Good times. It was, <laughs> it was quite a quite an yeah, era you had. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a great era, and uh, you know, great chapter, and it just uh, I'm sad, you know, once uh. Once, like, Tomac's done, you know, it's pretty much, you know, that's it, man. Like, like footprint, yeah. my footprint's done, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, no, but, that's true. Well, there's only, like, one guy still racing that, that was uh, around when I was a mechanic. So I'm the same I'm the same idea. Who's no, that? Uh, Alessi. Alessi. Oh, Alessi. <laughs> that's it. Other, and Reed, actually Reed, too. I shouldn't say that. Reed also. Oh, yeah. But, but other than that, everyone oh. just thinks of me as his media guy, but... uh yeah, it's uh, oh, t- time man. goes on, man. Well, hey, I'm glad you still follow the sport and you're still into it, though. That's cool. 
you know, that you still yeah. still love it, you know? Hey, what do you think? What do you think? Who who makes the better manager, a technical guy or a, a, like a people person orchestra guy of a team? Yeah, it's it's uh, you know what? That's tough. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it, it I think either one can work with the right guy. You know what I mean? The right type yeah. of guy. I, I, don't, I don't think it needs to be one type or the other. We've certainly seen some ex-racers that are really bad at managing and seen some ex-racers oh, yeah. that are really good at managing, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I, I, I did a story on this maybe f- two, three, four years ago where I looked at all the managers in the sport and broke them down on what they did in their background and everything. Um, oh. And, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I just – there's some racers that become managers that you're just like, wow, you're you're not very good at this. You know, but some of the guys like Kehoe or you know are, are really good. You know, they're on it. So it's, it's tough to say or yeah. Roger or whatever. You know, Roger. You yeah, know, I mean, Roger's almost a mechanic, yeah. pretty much. You know, also. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's hard. To, it's you know, like you know, Mitch Payton's you know technical guy that kind of runs things. Yep, yep. And, you know, and deals deals a lot with the riders and yeah and. Um, yeah, you're just always curious, and just in this, you know, in this day and age, it seems like the technical guys are like a little bit more successful, yeah. for whatever reason, wow. you know. But you know, I always thought, you know, like I thought Larry Brooks was a good manager, yeah. But you know, he's not even managing anymore. He's actually running. You know, Suz- he's running. He's running an amateur team for Suzuki, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Suzuki. Yeah. yeah, I saw him at the races the yeah. other day, walking around. I right. talked to him once or twice. I, um, I got. Uh, you know, Kyle Regal was like. I guess that's one of my stories that I thought would really make it. Was, yeah, I love Kyle Regal. Right. And uh, and I, you know, talked to Brooks about him, and you know, we both were on board with you know how he was, and you know, it just didn't pan out all the way for whatever reason. But yeah, you know, it's like yeah, I enjoy talking to Larry Brooks about you know strategy yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. No, he and yeah. Larry was intense, and I worked for him at Chaparral in '99. He was my manager uh-huh. there when I worked for Red Dog, and man, he was intense, and he got you into it, and he worked his balls off. He worked really hard, um, and I think when you're on a crew, when you're on a crew and you see your manager working just as hard as you in the trenches, that 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 gives you inspiration. You know, you enjoy that. Um, yeah. So, and that's something that Larry there, was really good I mean, at. What, uh, what what any new managers out there you're, you're impressed with? Uh Tyler Keefe is a manager at TLD. He's a, he's an ex racer. Uh, you know you probably know his dad Bill for a long time. Uh, he's yeah, he, I know both. Yeah, yeah, he's Tyler's good. Uh, he's always intense. Uh, he doesn't always make friends with his riders. Like he's not there to bro them down. Sometimes they don't like him, but yeah, I think they respect him. And he think I think he makes decisions that are you know what he thinks to help his team um, win. And I don't know for a younger dude like Tyler, I think I think he's pretty good. So uh, that's one guy that comes to mind. What um, What do you think? What's going to be the uh, X factor in uh, J Bones program out there that that can turn them around? Well, uh, like, yeah. you know, they've definitely had some misses, right? They've had some hits and a lot yeah. of misses with 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 when you look at Davy or Stu or Barsha or whatever. Uh, but Pike is yeah. certainly riding good, and Hill kind of rebounded a little bit. Um, yeah, Coy, Coy, from what I see, Coy Gibbs, the owner, really believes in him and really, uh, you know, make, lets them make the call. And there's certainly a, a ton of smart guys on that team. So yeah. when, when you look at their lack of success, I kind of I kind of uh, uh, scratch my head a little bit because I'm like, the sum of the parts should equal to greater results than what it does. 
Dean Baker, yeah. Johnny Oler, uh, Jay Bone, um, and these types of guys are, are good, smart people. Um, but it doesn't hasn't always worked out. So I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, yeah. it's weird. I mean, like the high, the the dry spell at Honda. Yeah, it's just it's hard to really pinpoint it. You know, it's like you want to pinpoint it, yeah. but I don't think it's just one thing. You know, well, I, mean? I think I think it's like what you said, like like Ryan Dungey's success looked it looked favorably on you, Cole Grass. Like you looked great for that, right? Even though you just told the story yeah. and you're like, hey, I'd love to, I'd love to say, I, you know, I, I handpicked the kid, but you didn't. Um, but it yeah. look, it makes you look good, and I think it's the same thing with pro racing. And if you got the horses, it makes you look good. And if you don't have the horses, it doesn't matter. You're not gonna, you're not gonna win. You know? Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's just crazy how the the same people seem to always keep winning. You know, same programs just seem yeah. to. Yeah. Keep going. So yeah, yeah. it's like, what, like who's gonna, who's gonna upset this apple cart? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, you got to start looking yeah. around and be like, why is this team, you know, always winning? And then you, you know, you do have to tip your visor to that. To that team and that manager yeah. or whatever, you know, because it, it 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 can't keep happening year after year without you thinking that, you know, without them having something, some sort of impact. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. That makes sense. Um, All right, well, 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 yeah. Thanks thank for the you, time, man. I uh, really appreciate. it. I think our listeners are going to like it. Um, we thank everybody for listening. Cole Gress, uh, thanks for your time tonight, man. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart, there's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days. They're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. 
I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.